Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is part two of our new series, Await. And we're going to be learning all about the coming of Mashiach, believing in and anticipating Mashiach's arrival. The first order of business, however, is to build the foundation. We need to know what we're believing in so that we can await Mashiach's arrival. Rambam, Maimonides, is the only authority of the medieval sages, who we call Rishonim, who addresses the subject in halachic prose. And as such, because this is not midrashic, agadic, theoretical, philosophical, or merely a discussion of the Jewish perspective on eschatology. This is binding everyday life. And as such, that's our first address. It is telling and compelling that Maimonides Rambam begins the 11th chapter of the laws of kings and their battles not by describing the era, the age of redemption, but rather his opening words are HaMelech HaMashiach. It speaks about the person. In our previous episode, we highlighted the fact that the Rambam introduced two separate collections of verses. One from the book of Deuteronomy found in the 30th chapter in Parshat Nitzavim, where the Torah clearly spells out the redemptive era, and the other leaning on a collection of verses in the parsha we refer to as Bullock, where Bilam, the evil prophet, speaks about the future of the Jewish people. And he identifies a redeemer in the end of time. In the first episode, we established the necessity for Rambam leaning on both of these clear expressions in the Pentateuch. As we learned, the Rambam wants to emphasize that if somebody does not believe in Mashiach, and I quote, is not only denying the vast majority of prophets, almost all of whom spoke in very lurid and lucid terms about that future redemption that we await, Ella, the Torah, the Torah, the Pentateuch. That's where the 613 mitzvot are contained. That is the foundation, the essence of all of what we Jewish people believe in. It's interesting that the Lecha Mishnah points out it's necessary to find everything in the actual words of the Torah and that's because, he says, in the end, everything has to be alluded to in the Torah itself. The Gemara in Masechet Tanit says, is there anything in Judaism that isn't already alluded to in the five books of Moses? Now we talked in the previous episode about the man and the moment. Both are clearly alluded to in the words of Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu himself. I want to further develop that idea. Not really in the framework of a question, man or moment, but Mashiach. The man and the moment. Why wouldn't the Rambam simply bring the verses of Parshas Bilam? I mean, here, 
Mashiach is actually fingered. He's alluded to, and the Rambam expounds these verses very methodically. After all, in the Rambam's words, Hamelech HaMashiach, Asid Lamait, it is this anointed king who is going to rise. And the purpose of his arrival, the rise of this anointed king, will be Lahachzir Malchus Beis David Yeshna, to restore the Davidic monarchy to its former glory, to bring it back to its Memshallah Harishayna, to its original dominion. Bona Hamigdash, Mashiach will be the one who will rebuild the Holy Temple. Mekabetz Nidchi Yisrael is going to gather the exiles of the Jewish people. The Rambam goes on to say, Chol boy, anybody who doesn't believe in him. He's not talking about a concept. The Rambam is very clearly focusing on a person, a man called Mashiach. <laughs> the question is, then why bring the verses of Parsha Snitzavim at all? And even more interestingly, why bring those verses, I'm sorry, why bring those verses from Parsha Snitzavim first? These verses speak nothing about a man who is anointed, a person who assumes a royal position. Just to recap, the verses say, V'shav Hashem Eshvuscha. In Parsha Snitzavim, Moshe Rabbeinu says, God, your God, Hashem Alekecha, will restore or bring back your exiles. V'richamecha, he'll have mercy upon you. V'kibetzcha mikola amim. This is speaking about God. He, with a capital H, doesn't refer to a man named Mashiach, but rather to God. Kibetzcha, he will gather your nation. Asher hefitzecha, Hashem Alekecha shama, which he, God, your God, has dispersed there. And then in verse 4 we go on to say, Should your exiles be located, proverbially speaking, at the very end of the heavens? Meaning, euphemistically, very distant from Jewish spirituality. God will gather them from there. From there, He will take them. Once again, we're emphasizing that God, your God, will bring these exiles back to the land that your forefathers took possession of. He will be better to you than he was to your forefathers. And he will make us more numerous than they. So these verses speak nothing about a person called Mashiach. And if the Rambam's goal is to tell us that we have to believe in a person named Mashiach. And he begins the entire chapter with HaMelech HaMashiach, speaking about a person. Bo, anybody who doesn't believe in him, shouldn't he establish his bona fides with the verses in Parshas Balak? And there you see Moshe Rabbeinu speaking in clear terms about Mashiach. I'd say he made his point. Even more compelling is the fact that the Rambam in the Pirush HaMishnayis and his commentary in the Mishnah, which was originally written in Arabic, later translated into Hebrew, the Rambam wrote this really for simple people, people who were unlettered, unlearned in the Hebrew language. The Rambam there first quotes the verses from Parshas Balak, or as he calls them, Parshas Bilam, and only afterwards refers to the Parsha of Nitzavim. The Rebbe says, it is clear 
that the Rambam felt it necessary to quote the verses of Parshas Nitzavim first. They ultimately serve to found or to ground this entire idea. And of course the question is why? As to the change in order from the Pirush HaMishnayot, Rambam's commentary on Mishnah, to the book of Mishnah Torah, the Rebbe says that there is a simple solution. In the Mishnayot, he's quoting the verses in the order they appear in the Torah. First from the book of Numbers, then from the book of Deuteronomy. But here, the Rambam needs to establish halacha, a legal ruling. And so the Rebbe suggests that the Rambam's primary or first order of business is to prove to you that the Torah not only refers to a Mashiach, but it's a specific Mashiach who has a purpose, a goal. The Rambam says that Mashiach is going to be the one to build the Beis HaMikdash. There's no discussion of that in the Torah. He says Mashiach is going to be the one who is Mechabetz Nidche Yisrael. So the first thing he needs to tell us is what the era of Mashiach will look like. Because the problem or the challenge with the verses that we find in Parshas Balak are that they are all, well, in riddles. Each time the prophet, Bilam, begins to speak, the Torah introduces it by saying, Vayisa Mishalo. He begins with his parable, or as it's referred to sometimes as an oracle. Bilam used various metaphor, euphemism, a string of adjectives. Almost none of them are literal. Rashi, who interprets the verses of the Torah in their most literal, straightforward meaning, unless he's compelled to do otherwise, tells us that when Bilaam sees mountains or speaks of hills, he's actually referring to the patriarchs and the matriarchs. It's their merits that serve to found the Jewish people and enable us to stand tall. Why couldn't we simply say that Bilaam was looking at mountains and hills? Well, because that's pointless. It adds nothing to the prophetic commentary. Bilaam is saying something about the Jewish people, and because in these verses it's introduced to us as a parable, we need clarity. And so the Rebbe suggests the first thing the Rambam had to do was to tell you, HaTorah HaIda Alav. The Torah specifically bears testimony to an event that will happen in the end of days. It's right here in Parshas Nitzavim. The Torah clearly spells it out. Hashem will restore your exiles, your captives. He will bring us, the Jewish people, home to our ancestral Eretz Yisrael. He is going to bring us home from the furthest corners of earth. But in Parshas Balak, it's clearly spelled out as a process that God will bring about by the virtue of a man who is chosen and anointed. His identity is a mystery. Bilaam certainly doesn't give us an inkling of who that might be or even what he is going to do other than he will be a great savior for the Jewish people. And he will bring about a restoration of all that is good, a 
of the things we, the Jewish people, have always yearned for. And so it's pretty clear that the first thing we need to do is establish at some level the parameters, the actual landscape that we're speaking about. It has to be sketched out. So the Rambam does that. He says, The Torah bears testimony for him. And here the Rambam quotes those verses. And then the Rambam returns to the original subject and he says, in Parshas Bilam, he prophesied. Miba anointed Mashiach Harishon, the first one, that's King David, and his progeny. The Sion from the house of David who will restore his dominion. That's Mashiach. It's interesting to note that in the Lech Mishnah's commentary, he kind of does a quick contrast between the words of Rashi's commentary and Rambam's commentary, and he says they don't necessarily learn or understand the meaning of the verses in the same fashion. Where Rambam says a verse is speaking about Mashiach, Rashi refers to that as David HaMelech, and vice versa. The Lech Mishnah's solution is Ulai Himedrashim Chalukim. These are different medrashim, different ways in which we are able to extrapolate the message from the Torah. Rabbeinu Avram Ibn Ezra reads all of those verses as speaking about David HaMelech. The Rambam clearly had a tradition, and he rules this in halachic prose, that the verses are speaking about Mashiach. And so we necessarily have to have both collections of verses. They speak about at least superficially, very different things. One a moment and one a man. But it is both of these that are fused together to create the idea and ideal that we, the Jewish people, continue to await the coming of Mashiach speedily and in our days. Amen. Thank you for joining. We'll be continuing shortly.